This is Franchise Today, brought to you by FRM Solutions, providers of the best-in-class software solutions for franchise relationship management. Franchise Today is your destination for weekly information, conversations, and interviews with accomplished industry leaders, all of whom share best practices for sustainable growth and sensible franchising. Here now, your host, Stan Friedman, to kick off this week's podcast. Today is Wednesday, June 3rd. I'm Stan Friedman, and this is Franchise Today. Well, our world seems to be spinning more and more rapidly out of control. As this is week 12 of the coronavirus crisis, and week one in the aftermath of one of the most horrendous and senseless cases of racial inequality involving police in Minneapolis, Minnesota, with the senseless murder of George Floyd by a police officer who, from what we already know, should never have had a badge to surrender in the first place. And with this latest event, America has hit a tipping point. Now, instead of a long overdue and much needed conversation in our country between community, civic, and spiritual leadership, many have taken a different route with brutal acts of violence, looting, and thuggery on the streets of cities across the country just when it seemed that we were finally slowly climbing out of the coronavirus malaise. We're going to hone in more closely on this monumental issue next week after some of the pressure across the nation's cities hopefully releases, and we can finally perhaps begin to actually do something about all of this in a more productive and meaningful way. But this week, we're going to round out our coronavirus series, talking about something that you should never do, never, ever, but especially now, and that is take your customers for granted. As consumers, continue to be months-weary and fearful of the virus and its spread. On the business side of corona, everyone counseled how cash is king. For the past many months, a lot of the conversation has been centered on PPP and garnering as much cash as possible so that you could survive the lockdown and get reopened in a proper fashion as time allowed. Well, while all of that was going on, there was another currency to be considering as well, and that one is trust. If you were one of the lucky ones, able to operate your business from window and curbside, how have you done at keeping your teams and your customers feeling safe while transacting business with you for the essential services that you provide? Well, I have a real-life experience to serve up today as an example. This is an episode that no startup or emerging franchisor should miss as it will clearly demonstrate how any brand, even the smallest or newest of them, can perhaps do things better even than some of the larger, better established brands that they may be competing with. Which brings me to a shout out for a guy named Tim Klatt owner and operator of a local restaurant called Lucia's Italian, a place in my neighborhood that I patronize and always feel safe at as a customer that runs more like a franchise than an independent. Tim's restaurant is well organized, systematized, and operates with high levels of respect for his team and clientele safety, something that can't be said for others right across the street, the one that I'm going to talk about today. Part of a global brand from whom we should expect more. I know I did, both at the store and the corporate level. Put bluntly, this brand failed miserably in every way. I'll share more about it with you and with someone who is a specialist in reputation management, Ryan Hicks, Vice President at Ralio, when we return in two minutes or less. Franchise Today will be right back, but first, a word from our sponsors. Hey, Stan Friedman here with a word about Transitive an amazing marketing platform that actually delivers what others can only imagine, accurate, dependable results that are second to none. All right, without getting too deep into the weeds, Transitive connects franchisees' customer data from all sources, 
providing high-octane fuel for their marketing engines. They then deploy machine learning. Yes, artificial intelligence, which identifies various customer traits and habits, attributes that would otherwise likely go unnoticed, and it segments these customers into groups. This is important because, as we know, not all customers provide your franchisees with equal dollar value. But wouldn't it be great if they could easily identify who's who? Well, that's exactly what Transitive does. And what's more, it then accurately drives the appropriate offers to each of those customer groups, delivering specific personalized messages to each of the group's customers. Just like that, your franchisees are engaged in laser-focused target marketing, delivering them much more bang for the buck. You've got to see it to believe it. So what are you waiting for? Order up a demo today and tell them I sent you. Find them online at www.transitive.io. That's www.transitive, T-R-A-N-S-I-T-I-V dot I-O. Ryan Hicks, welcome back to Franchise Today. Stan, it's good to be back. Hey, Ryan, you've been with me many times on Franchise Today and in many different capacities. Take a minute, if you would, and explain to the audience the role you're playing today that made me believe that you're the quintessential person for me to reach out to on this conversation we're about to have. Yeah, I'd be glad to. So I, I'm in a role of Vice President of Business Development at Rallyo, a social media and reputation management platform. So in your mind's eye, just kind of reflect back to let's say it's the year 2013. So during that time, it was a time where Facebook had hit global scale, Instagram was hitting global scale, and you have all of these social media platforms, if you will, where you have content being published, you have people able to talk about your brand online, And what we did during that time is build a platform that connects all of the different social and reputation platforms into one centralized place. So Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, as well as Yelp, Google My Business, and Facebook, you can see and monitor all of that activity into one place. And so fast forward to 2000 and end of 2017 is whenever I came on board. So we've been building this platform for many, many years and focused specifically on franchising. There's only a couple of big brands that are non-franchise that we serve like in the wireless space, Sprint and Verizon and a couple of others. But in 2017, I came on board because of the opportunity opportunity at the local level. So not just managing your social presence online at the franchisor and the franchisee level, but how do we get more of the good stuff, for lack of a better word, meaning authentic local level content and quick response times for everything. So we're a global platform that helps franchise brands button up their presence on social media and on reputation sites and to where you can participate in the new reality of the fact that that we're no longer living in a world that's a one-way message. That's what marketing in a lot of senses used to be. You used to put out an ad and used to tell the world what you are, but now customers tell brands what they are. It's a two-way conversation and that's what social communities represent. That's what reputation sites represent because the little guy now has a voice and they can band together. So you best be able to monitor what's happening. And we take pride in helping brands do that at a large scale. And we love 
love serving the franchise community. So Ryan, we're going to center today's discussion around a personal experience that I had. I'm not going to name the 800 pound gorilla deemed guilty as charged for how <laughs> they managed a really bad experience for me. But I think a lot of this today is to help an audience of startup and emerging franchisors and perhaps even executives of some larger franchisors understand the value of trust right now. We're in the midst of a pandemic. People are nervous about, you know, their social separation, whether you believe in this or not as a consumer, whether you as a person, whoever you may be in this audience that thinks that all of this is important or not. As with almost anything in business and in franchising, it really doesn't matter what you think. It matters what your customer thinks. This customer, in the case that we're about to talk about, thinks that he was severely disappointed by the brand in question. So this is on the 15th of May. My wife and I have been pretty obedient to the social separation because we're in one of those groups that's at higher risk. If all of everything is even 50% real, I'm not taking those chances. So we've been pretty good about staying close to home and trying to keep six feet apart from others and wearing masks when we go out and doing curbside and not putting putting ourselves in harm's way. Well, we decided with all the great cooking my wife does, she's Martha Stewart and Paula Dean combined, <laughs> and we've had some really great great meals that she's put together for us. But one night, the 15th of May, we decided, let's just do a greasy old bucket of chicken. And so we went out to get one and we ordered it online. I didn't want to have to do a transaction at the window. So I prepaid and we went to go get our food. And when we got there, we were greeted by a person on the other end of the intercom that had no idea what that was all about. They had no idea that we could pick food up that was ordered in advance. And they told me to roll up to the window and we'll talk about it when you get to the window. Well, we get to the window and that person person is sitting there chewing on a straw while talking to me, wearing no gloves, no mask, and in proximity to other people that neither of the others are wearing masks or gloves, and they're handling money and they're handling food. And this was to me like a really big red flag. But my order wasn't ready. They at first didn't know why I was there to pick up an order. They wanted then, and then they found the order and wanted me to pay for it. And I said, it's already prepaid. Complete confusion at the window. But the optics for me at that window where I saw three different people Touching money, touching food, not wearing masks, not wearing gloves. Not a comfortable scenario. I was asked to pull my car up and wait at the front so that they can internally figure out what happened to my food and what they have to do to get that right and that a manager would be out in just a minute to talk with me. Let's stop there for a minute. What did you hear from me that should have, could have, and might be done better if somebody were thinking with something beyond remote control? Well, first of all, <laughs> the obvious aspect of them not properly adhering to the proper handling of food and all of that, that's pretty outrageous. But where my mind immediately goes to is the fact that you now are probably likely, and I'm sure you're going to share that, you're probably likely to go share that experience online. That is a an example of uh, everything possible that you could do wrong. But given given that there's multiple avenues for them to potentially communicate with you and save that, but that sounds like a pretty bad experience thus far. Pretty bad experience to say the very least. And so I'm sitting in the front of the parking lot waiting for a manager who doesn't appear and we're 10 or 15 minutes into the wait and I'm watching food coming out the door to the parking lot to be delivered to another car with another person who I didn't see at the window, but like those at the window, no gloves, no mask, and actually something that fell out of a bag that got picked up and he waltzed over to the car that he was delivering to and, and off they went. I looked at all of this at that point and said to my wife, if this food did come to us tonight and if it were free, I don't think I'd want to eat it. And literally, if you are as flagrant as you are in plain view of things that I can see and I see what I saw, 
my mind's left to travel. What's going on in the back of the house that I don't have any exposure to? And if they're unabashedly going to do what they did in front of me, imagine what might be going on in the back. And so we drove off and we left the food behind and we went and got food elsewhere. And then I got online and I started to look for how to find somebody at a corporate telephone number somewhere that I could share this information with. So I found that 800 number and I punched up that number and waited for, I don't know, 40 minutes for somebody to come and join me on the line. How does that work? That doesn't work. It, we're living in a time where everybody is on edge and that type of behavior is obviously completely not acceptable. But I would presume that you also took the conversation to social channels. There's no place for this, anything that has transpired in this experience so far. But you as a brand, we, we, live in a, we live in a time where websites are no longer a static brochure. We live in a time where customers in your experience are going to take it to the phones. They're going to take it online. And being able to monitor what's going on in these regular interactions on social networks, on review platforms, uh, through customer feedback channels, you have to have a pulse on all of the above for your business because bad instances, bad experiences, bad local level franchisee management is going to occur. But you have to look at all of the channels where customers will go to communicate with your brand and you have to be able to monitor that. And there has to be repercussions in terms of holding folks accountable. And how can you do that if you're not even listening, right? So that it's a two-way conversation with your customers and you have to be looking out for it. You have to also be proactive in if you're a brand and you come across this type of experience where finally someone does catch it and it does get the attention of someone, you have to even use that as an example internally. However, you would communicate that, whether it's through regional managers or field consultants or whatever it may be. But this type of activity can't happen in an environment where people are so on edge with sanitation and on edge with pretty much everything. So this is a pretty bad example of, or a pretty good example of how not to handle the situation. So did you, Stan, did you go on Yelp? What, yeah, what, what else did you do other I'll than a to, phone call? I'm going to get to Yelp in just a second. But first, I want you to understand that when I finally did get an answer and somebody took my call, I was given a case number and I was told mm -hmm. somebody was going to be back in touch with me the next business day. Now, the next business day, no call back to me. And I pleaded with this person. I said, I'm in the franchise business. I'm a food person. I'm a franchise person. Please be certain that this gets to somebody who can come back to me so that I don't find myself wanting to go publicly ballistic on Yelp or on social. I refrained from that, actually. I chose not mm -hmm. to do that, hoping that I could reach somebody who could fix this and get it right and I don't have to embarrass anybody. Well, that didn't happen. And in fact, I didn't get my money back until a week. I didn't care about the money. I was told I had to go to Grubhub to get the money. And I'm going, Grubhub, this was not a delivery. This was a pickup. And I learned that this brand's entire off-premise experience is dealt with by third party, which I think is something else that you may want to comment upon before I get to what happened when I did Yelp. Yeah. So look, even after the bad experience, when, whenever you were given the case number, and this is the opportunity that exists whenever a bad experience does occur, there's an opportunity for you to save that as a brand and to have a protocol in place to where you are addressing these issues, especially if the consumer's given you the opportunity to do so before and you stated before I take this public on review platforms. So there's an opportunity for you to be transparent, be what I call radically transparent to say, hey, we messed up. 
this is not good. These are the actions that we're taking in the future to ensure that this isn't going to happen again. And Stan, we want to make this right. Obviously, that's the way that you handle it. As it relates to third-party platforms, a lot of companies had to very, very quickly spin up technologies, third-party delivery systems, and things of that nature to be able to serve customers during this time. And with that being the reality, people standing up technologies very quickly, there's going to be issues. There's problems like this, maybe not this extreme, but whenever you look at orders, we're not sure where your order came from. It sounds like they have some systemic issues. This is another opportunity there to go investigate, to fix that, but you handle it with the consumer. So it's all the more reason why you need to be in tune, whether it's phone calls, online submissions and inquiries, public tweets, reviews, all of it, you need to be monitoring that in order to calibrate. And you're calibrating your technology, you're calibrating to make it right with the customer. You know, Everybody always says somebody that has a bad experience is 10 times more likely to go tell more people and to go talk about that online and old school, communicate it with friends. That's how I learned about this situation. Stan, we were on the phone and you started telling me about a situation that irked you. And so as a brand, it's an opportunity to flip it and turn that around into your benefit and to take care of it and turn Stan into a customer for life that happens all the time. And so if you don't have an ability to monitor what's going on, then you're, you're going to have issues because you're missing, missing the opportunities to get better. You're missing the opportunities to go fix that Grubhub problem or whatever that is. And you're missing the opportunity to address it with, with Stan, who's not very happy at this point. Tell you what let's do. Let's take a quick break and we'll be back in two minutes or less with Ryan Hicks, vice president of Rallyo, talking about reputation management. In this case, we're talking about things that a franchisor should never do ever, much less now, but how a startup and even emerging brands can stand toe-to-toe with the biggest of brands and do things better than the big boys may sometimes be doing it. I'll come back on the other side of the break, Ryan, and we'll talk about what I did when I finally did go out there and yelp it out and start posting publicly. We'll be right back with Ryan Hicks. Franchise Today will be right back. But first, a word from our sponsors. This portion of Franchise Today is brought to you by Zoracle, providers of spot-on profiles, the gold standard of assessment tools that assure you're selecting the right franchisees every time. Unlike DISC or others that simply gauge personality or communication styles, Zoracle's spot-on assessments are all franchise-specific, and based upon seven sciences that nail the results each and every time. Your prospects simply answer a few questions online, and like magic, Zoracle's algorithms scientifically slice, dice, and analyze their thresholds for risk, their business acumen, and even their propensity for single or multi-unit ownership. Zoracle's spot-on analysis is like having a crystal ball, but there's no hoodoo here. It's all based upon science that flawlessly determines franchisee, franchisor compatibility, and accurately predicts performance. Why don't you schedule a demo today and take a complimentary look and see for yourself. It's the closest thing to a sure thing. Zoracle, spot on assessments based on science, but delivering results that seem simply magical. Check them out at www.zoracleprofiles.com. 
So Ryan, as I said, I got a case number, but I never got anybody to address the case. And days went by and I just started getting angry. I mean, it it started to percolate inside of me that if I were still in the food business, I would want desperately to know what was going on inside my house when I think I'm doing things properly and I'm not getting it done on the front end to the extent that perhaps I may think or wish I am. So here's what I did. I went to the website of the brand in question. And the first thing I saw at the top of the front page was our COVID-19 response. And I clicked on that and I started seeing things that just made my blood pressure boil. So here are messages from their operations people and here are messages from their president uh, about all the protection and all the things that they're doing to assure the protection of their teammates and to assure the protection of their customers and to be sure that everyone can have a safe experience coming to work and delivering food to the clientele that they're there to serve. And then there are pages and pages of things they've done in service to their communities. And I'm sitting here going, really? (laughs) I mean, this is so far removed from the experience that I had. And here it's almost two weeks later and I've heard from nobody. Now I went out to Yelp and now I went out to Facebook and now I started posting things that said, I'm calling you out on BS. And then I get a call from somebody after I put a Yelp post up and that, that really wasn't a call. It was just a response, but it was a canned response. It was not a personal one. To this day, Ryan, it's been two weeks and my message didn't find its way someplace in two weeks time to elicit a more personal reply or response than that which I've been given. What do you say to that? What I say to that is that's unacceptable from a best practice standpoint as a as a brand. This is the double-edged sword because oftentimes a brand will get blamed for something and it may be the case that they have the proper protocols and 99.999% of the instances and the locations around, but then you have one bad apple which reinforces what I was saying at the top of the hour that you need to have the capability to monitor and manage. But as a best practice, you should respond to especially to escalated instances like this within 24 hours or less. And I'll note that it's not just the negative reviews and the negative feedback that you want to respond to, but also the positive ones. Because online, you should, number one, in an escalated sense, you should get a personal response far more than just a just a, a response on Yelp or just a canned response, but you should get a personal response and it's, that should happen within 24 hours. And this goes to play into, if you're looking at local SERP rankings and how your business shows up online, positive review responses, negative review responses, you want to manage that online quickly because that helps increase your visibility online and helps increase your visibility on Yelp and all the other platforms. So respond quickly, respond within 24 hours or less. If you don't have a platform that will notify you, even to be able to spot that bad apple, maybe there's a bad operator out there, you have to be listening to be able to identify that. So that's what I would say in response. And to the point you've made, there is an issue at the front end that needs to be addressed with an operator, whether that's a company or a franchise store to this day, I still don't know. But at the same time, even at the corporate side, not managing the handoffs and taking a message like mine seriously enough to hand it off to somebody who's got the common sense that God's given a rock to be able to address this in a more personal way than they have, which is to this day, a flat line. All I've gotten from them in response to a corporate complaint is crazy. 
tickets. So yeah, you know, it could be a one-off with an operator that's not doing the right things on the street level, but that would be the pot calling the kettle black here in terms of corporate addressing that with the unit operator. What about corporate? <laughs> you know, that's just, to me, still unfathomable. And uh, Ryan, I want to make a point of sharing with our audience of, again, emerging and startup franchisors that there are so many things you can take from this that level the playing field for you, give you the opportunity to be far more proactive and far more deliberate in how you go about managing customers' experiences and keeping your brand promise. Ryan, if we wanted to share some resources with the audience, are there any links or documents that you can share with me to post on the Franchise Today Facebook page to share out? Absolutely. So we have a couple of links that I will arm you with. And there's there's also a set of best practices that I could quickly highlight here if you'd like me to as yeah, well. I call them the 10 commandments. But there's one thing in, your, in that last little bit before this that I'd like to highlight. And that is that whenever you have cases like this, what brands typically do is they leave it up to the franchisee if this is a franchisee store and you mentioned the pot calling the kettle black because you did reach out to corporate. But in most cases, the franchisor leaves it up to the franchisee to manage these local responses, right? But you as the franchisor need to have the capability and the, the ability to monitor what's going on. And so you can't just delegate that out and say, well, that's up that's up to them. You have to have some sort of global insight to be able to, to flag and get notified when there are these one-star reviews or when there are these accelerated cases. And so put that in place if you don't have it in place. There's a lot of platforms that do that. Rallyo is a platform that does that. It brings everything centrally into one place where you can monitor, respond, set notifications and things of that nature. But for the, the 10 practical tips, uh, and this is really when dealing with reputation management online, the first one is you want to be radically transparent. And so you don't want to hide the critics. You don't want to go delete negative comments. This is your opportunity to publicly respond and to manage it in the appropriate manner. So you want to be transparent and not avoid the negative thing that happened, but yet respond to it in a proactive, positive light. The second point is obviously everything that I've been saying thus far, monitor what people are saying about you, whether they're tweeting at you or they're leaving reviews. You want to monitor that and be able to quickly respond to it. The third point is obvious. The goal is, is to become a well-respected brand. This brand in question has a really good posture on their corporate website for their response to COVID-19 and the fact that they wanna keep customers safe, but you have to align your culture to make sure that you're putting the measures in place that you're going to be respected. You want to react quickly. You want to react politely. And I gave the best practice of 24 hours. You should absolutely have the protocol to be able to at least give a quick response. It takes 12 seconds to do so. And you want to do that in a quick and timely manner. You want to address the criticism directly. Uh, you want to treat, and this is this is a big one, you want to treat your Google page and your Yelp pages as your number one business card. Because this is where people, whenever you're searching online, this is your business card online. And so you have to treat it as such. The next point is you want to understand who your detractors are. If you're not monitoring and listening, you have no clue who's out there 
saying what they're saying and customers will do it and it'll just happen without you knowing it and they won't come back to your business and they will tell their friends about their experience. And then another point is that for illegitimate attackers, which happens often, you want to address that too. I can cite a couple of examples and this is back in 2009. There was an instance where Domino's Pizza had some employees. They were posting all these disgusting videos online. They were playing with food in the kitchen and their illegitimate attackers response was they fired those employees and they addressed it immediately. And they did that in a, in a respectable, but yet public manner because PR took that story and ran with it. And that's another point during this crisis is media outlets and news outlets are looking for these types of examples because there's a lot of political forces that do not want business open right now. And so this is a time that you have to monitor the sentiment that's being shared online. And then obviously learn from your mistakes. We talked about the technology side with the order and the protocols that weren't being followed, this is an opportunity to learn from the mistakes. And then the last point is ask for help if necessary. So there are services out there that can help go remove illegitimate claims and reviews. And there's experts that focus on that. And there's a lot of ways where you can get help or if it's leaning on a supplier to be able to put this in place so you can monitor it in a very economical way, you want to ask for help if necessary. So those are 10 kind of quick points on best practices. And I'd be happy to share some links with some more good stuff with your audience, Dan. Appreciate that, Ryan. And we would appreciate very much if you'd share those links with me so I can post them up to the Franchise Today Facebook page before I let you share contact info. So those who may want to find you and learn more about you and what Rallyo does, I want to reduce all of this to a couple or three words that I think say it all. And they say it in the parlance of this experience. They say it in the offering of franchises. These words apply to everything franchising is about. It's about the proper management of expectations. Had I not seen that COVID strip on the top of that website, I would not have gotten to the place where I actually decided to start putting social posts and Yelps out there. My expectations were poorly managed from the beginning, but they bubbled over when this company was bragging about what they're doing. And I had the experience that I had and nobody had yet addressed me. Proper management of expectations will go a long way because what that means is you're walking your talk. And that's what wins in franchising. Ryan, how does somebody find you if they want to learn more about what you're all about? Absolutely. So you can go to www.rallyo.com and you can connect with us there, learn more about what we do there. And then you could also email me directly, ryanh at rallyo.com. And I'd be happy to have a chat with anybody. I'm wondering before I cut you loose, if there's anything that I should have addressed and didn't that you think would be cogent and important to share with them as pertains to any of this? Yes. The one thing that I would share is we've looked at this specific instance that happened and we've talked about what the response could have and should have been. And we talked about some best practices. But when you look at a proactive strategy, I want you to imagine all the folks in the audience, everybody's familiar with the term of net promoter. And that means someone is favorable to your business. They love the service or the product that you provide and they would tell their friends about it. But the opportunity here is to is how do you turn those net promoters into real promoters? And so at Rallyo, we've built a really amazing program that we call Activate. And it's focused on turning not only your employees, because that's an opportunity 
opportunity that a lot of brands miss. And to date, there really hasn't been a centralized social platform that can pave the way for this, but we've built it and we've just launched it, but also your customers. So how do you identify people who are raving fans of your brand and how do you make it easy for them and even incentivize them maybe with a monthly gift card campaign that's either randomly selected or selected based on the reach from the shares that people are making or certain activities, turn your net promoters in theory into real promoters and uh, you'll be able to double down uh, all of the, the positive sentiment that you want online. And there are many, 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 many customers that come to your business that would love to share that. So give them the avenue and the opportunity to do so and have a proactive strategy to get your message out. And that's what I would say. And I'd be happy to talk with anybody in the audience about that. Great stuff. Well, with that said, great segue. Tell them how to find you so that they may have that conversation with you. Rallyo.com, www.rallyo, R-A-L-L-I-O.com, or email me pers- directly at ryanh at rallyo.com. Ryan, I appreciate you taking the time to let me vent and to let me vent to somebody who knows how best to deal with things like this. And as you've said, proactively keep them from happening and doing the right thing before the fact instead of being reactive or not responsive in this case after the fact. Ryan Hicks, thanks for sharing so much with us here today. Thank you, Stan. Always a pleasure. Well, thanks for indulging my rant. But really, I wasn't expecting anything more or less than I should have or that your customers and clientele should expect from you. Keep that in mind as we come through the rest of this coronavirus and beyond if sustainable growth is your goal. For now, please stay safe, keep doing the best you can, and I'll be back here again next week for a very special edition of Franchise Today. Until then, I'm Stan Friedman, wishing you the best, the very best of all things franchising, and Franchise Today is out. Franchise Today is a production of FRM Solutions, providing best-in-class CRM tools to empower relationships with prospective and existing franchisees. No excuses, just solutions. Find them online at frmsolutions.com. Join Stan every Wednesday at noon Eastern for another live episode of Franchise Today. Or, as always, download episodes on demand at blogtalkradio.com or iTunes.